This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. As you know, I host a talk show along with Bonnie Mathias every Saturday on KNON Radio. There are a lot of times that I want to put my two cents in that I don't get to because it's a talk show and you have to listen to the callers. But I've learned a lot from listening to those callers over the years and I want to share some of that with you. I want to make three arguments, three unassailable arguments for change. Now, I could be saying that uh, we want to change the system that we live under, and that would be true, but it doesn't really make much sense when you call it a system. That's kind of an abstraction. It's the people who are running things that I would like to change. The people who are running things are our bosses. They're the employers, basically. The people who own everything. And they're the ones that we work for. And they're the ones who make the major decisions, especially about the economy and about foreign affairs, things like war and what to do about the pandemic. We don't get to make those decisions. They make them. And I would like to argue that we need to get out from under those guys. And there are three arguments. The first one is one I've known about for some time. And that is that we can make no lasting gains as long as those guys are in charge. We can, for example, we can win women's rights with millions of people hitting the streets and petitions signed and money raised and speeches made, and we can win women's rights, and then suddenly we find that those gains are only temporary because those guys are still running things. And even though we made great gains, for example, in the women's movement, those gains turned out to be temporary, and they are in great danger of being taken away from us and we are moving backward in time. The same thing is true of the great civil rights movement. People as old as me are old enough to remember when racism was rampant in the United States and controlled everything, including our voting, and all of the jobs, even the way people were treated in the armed forces. But we made gains, and we turned some of that stuff back, and we got things better on the racism scale, only to find that those gains are temporary because we're not in charge. The guys that are in charge were just waiting for a chance to turn back those gains, and they have, to some extent, done it today. So, that's an unassailable argument for changing the people who are running things. We cannot make any lasting gains, we can only make temporary gains as long as those people are in charge. A number two argument. This is one that people have only become more familiar with in the last, say, 10 years or so. People realized that inequality is out of hand. People started noticing how much more their boss made than they made. For example, back 
When people first started noticing this, the CEO of a major corporation might make, say, 150 times as much money as the people who worked for him. Today, that number is approaching 300 times, and in many cases, is already past it. Runaway inequality. We make a great mistake when we discuss runaway inequality. Many of us, especially the economists, like to talk about inequality as if it only happened after, say, the 1970s. That inequality was okay, say, from 1935 to, say, 1975, wasn't so bad, and then it got worse in the 1970s. It's true, and inequality has really gone crazy since the late 1970s. So the assumption you make when you hear that kind of argument is that all we have to do is go back to the 1950s somehow, and everything will be all right. But we made a mistake when we picked that period, 1935 to 1975, for our analysis. Because if we took a longer period, as the great French economist Thomas Piketty did, if we pick a longer period from going all the way back to when those guys got in charge to today, which would take you all the way back to, say, 1670 or sometime in the 17th century, all the way up to now, inequality always got worse. It's in the nature of things. As long as those guys are running things, inequality gets worse. Now, it's true that inequality did not get that much worse in the period 1935 to 1975. But if you look at the whole history of this system of economics, you see that that was the only period in which inequality did not rage upwards. The reasons, partly because of the Russian Revolution, partly because there were a gigantic progressive movement, and mostly because that progressive movement took the form of union organizing. So in the period 1935, to say 1975, unions were pretty strong and working people got a break. Working people were able to improve their standard of living and the bosses didn't get so much of everything as they do now. But that was a temporary period. It's just one of those temporary gains that we can win, but they're still temporary. And the guys that are in charge are going to put things back the way they were just as soon as they get a chance. So runaway inequality is the norm under those guys. And that's an argument for getting some different guys in charge, for not having to work for the employers all the time. So that's my number two argument, runaway inequality. I talked about Temporary gains, and I talked about runaway inequality, they're both part of the idea that we can't really make lasting progress as long as those same guys are in charge. Now, here's another argument that I think is the clincher. And this one wasn't seen so specifically 
and so blatantly until the pandemic began. When people realized that under the system we live in, as long as we're under the guys that are running things, we can't solve the international problem of disease. In fact, we can't solve any international problems because the people we work for are in a nation. Each nation state has employers and those employers are running things in that nation state. They don't run things in the world. They can't cooperate. They can only operate within their own nation state. So just when we think we're doing a little bit better on the COVID disease, then we get a new variant coming out of this or that country, and we have to start fighting it all over again because we didn't solve the problem at the international level, and we could not solve the problem at the international level. Our bosses have their army and their police but it's just in their country. They can't really affect things in other countries because we have no international solutions. So when we say none of us are safe until all of us, until all of us are safe, we're usually talking about the pandemic, but we could also be talking about the environment. The world is heating up. There are more floods. There are more fires, there are more droughts, there are more hurricanes, there are more tornadoes, there are more typhoons, and people are dying from it. And there seems to be no solution. Why? Because the only solution would be an international solution. And these guys that are running things in their own nation states have shown themselves to be incapable of cooperating. They've had two big summit conferences just in the last couple of months. I'm speaking in uh, November 30th of 2021. In the last couple of months, they had two big major chances to find grounds for cooperation and solve some of these problems of disease and environment. They didn't. They couldn't. They're not capable of it. They could, if they, if they could cooperate across national lines, if they could solve international problems, they could have by now solved the problem of war, which has just devastated us over and over again. World War, the first one began in 1914. The second one began more or less in 1939. And the third one is pending. Everybody thought, if you're old enough to remember, when the Soviet Union imploded, people thought, well, that's the end of the threat. And from now on, there will be less money spent on armaments, and there'll be less saber rattling, and there'll be less threat of war. That did not happen because the guys who are running things are incapable of cooperating and solving an international problem. The same thing could be true of the economic crisis. One country may be doing pretty well today. Another one may be starving because the economy cries out for an international solution. And there is no 
international solution as long as the guys are running things that are running things now. So I've made three arguments that I consider unassailable arguments as to why we have to get out from under the people that are running things. One of them is that we can't make any permanent gains because they always try to turn the clock back and with some success. Another is runaway, or runaway inequality, which is the norm under these guys. There was a, a little period when it wasn't so bad, three or four decades, when it wasn't so bad. But since then, it's just gotten worse again because we're still under those same guys. And lastly, the need for international solutions to problems like disease, environment, war, and the economy, which those guys have not been able to solve because they cannot cooperate. Three unassailable reasons why we have to have change. I get this on the workers' beat. One guy will talk about one thing and the next woman will talk about the next thing. But when you add them up, there are at least three unassailable arguments for change. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.